What's happening, world? I'm your host, the Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak. And this week, Kira and I are talking about the original Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. So this movie was released in 1967, kind of during the height of the civil rights movement, maybe a little after. Sidney Poitier in an incredible role. He is absolutely fantastic, I think, in everything he does. And this movie, I had seen it once when I was like younger, maybe like in high school. And then seeing I hadn't seen it for a very long time. And then I saw it again for this. So it was really interesting to see. Ben, what's your history with the film? Okay, so I'm a huge Sidney Poitier fan. Oh. I love Lilies of the Field, To Serve With Love, Raising in the Sun. I had never heard of this movie until my wife said, have you watched Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who's she, coming to dinner? Yeah, she was like, she was like, it's got Sidney Poitier. And I was like, uh, still don't know what you're talking about. And um, I ended up watching it and I really liked it. I grew up in the 70s, 60s and 70s. So I dealt with a lot of uh, adversity, racial adversity. My aunts were black. I watched them get treated badly. I understood my, my one aunt dated a white man and she got a lot of feedback. So this movie actually hit home for me. Right. Now, that's super interesting. I obviously did not grow up in the 70s, but this movie still resonated um, with me in certain things. And I thought, um, hilariously, that the Monastery had one of the best lines of the whole movie that I thought really um, resonated today about the phoniness of white liberals. And then when they're actually faced with a decision to make, they will divert to something more conservative. And the Monastery says this in relation to the father of the daughter. Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy, exactly. I didn't realize that this was one of his last roles. Yes, yep. Yes, it was. He was with Hepburn, who he had an affair with. Oh, no <laughs> well, didn't Hepburn win Best Supporting Actress yes, in this? Yes, she did. She won an Oscar. And this is one of the reasons I suggested this, because Oscars are coming up. Oscars are coming up. Yeah, we're going to have to start covering some of those movies. But back to this movie. So, interestingly enough, I remembered watching Guess Who, which is an inversion of this, with Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac and Zoe Saldana from the early 2000s, which was interesting i yeah. guess is a way to put it not not as good as this one this one is definitely more poignant um, but uh, at the same time I f- it feels very dated in certain regards i mean what do you think tell, tell me your thoughts ben so for me all right when tilly the uh, housemaid housemaid sees portier she says i don't like seeing someone of my color try to live above their station and that hit home to me because i felt like a lot of people back then thought that and it was something that, you know, they believe. They believe that, you know, this we're lesser than the white person, so we shouldn't try to be as equal. And I felt that that was really like a point, like a really deep point that people were like believed. And I thought that was awful that people would actually think that. And some people think that today. Some people think that today. And I think it comes down to how toxic white supremacy is. Yeah. But also there are people that believe in the segregation of the races just because of like maintain like maintaining traditions and understandings and things like that. But I thought what was so interesting with Tilly was how bent out of shape she was getting at the presence of Sidney Poitier's character. And it's so interesting. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was really interesting because he comes from humble beginnings. His dad is a mailman. He's obviously a very accomplished doctor. So for me, not that there is a status, but in her mind, he's already surpassed that status. He's already 
if you want to use these words, like he's already come to that threshold and passed it. He's already done all these things. I mean, he's the assistant director of the World Medicine Association. Like he is so he is just as accomplished as I think even more so accomplished than any white man of that era. So I think he's surpassing all those expectations and these like boundaries. But it's so interesting to see when you look at it from a familiar point, people still get bent out of shape. Like even Joey's parents say they're like, wow, if he had told us all his credentials, we would not have believed him. Yeah. But because they did a background check, they do believe it. And I thought that was so it's just very interesting. I don't know. What are your what do you think? So for me, I think in a relationship, anytime you go to meet the person's parents, it's an awkward situation. Oh, oh absolutely. 100%. Like if I was dating someone and they're like, all right, we're going to meet my parents. You automatically get yourself worked up because you're like, oh my God, I get, you know, because you have this expectation that you think this person has on you. Like, you're, you're like these parents are going to have like this low expectation of me or like, and they're going to view yeah. me a certain way. So when you get there, you're already feeling uncomfortable. And for this time period, I felt that Sidney Poitier like handled it beautifully because he said, look, I know what I'm getting into, but I want you to know what we're getting into and accept it. And if you can't accept it, then I'm not going to do that to your daughter. And I thought that was great. I thought that was great. But also, like, the dialogue of the movie sometimes conflicted, like, the actions of the movie. And because you brought up that one, Sam, I'm going to bring up the beginning. So when they're traveling from Hawaii to Los Angeles, they're frolicking in the airport and no one says anything. They're making out in the cab and no one says anything. So honestly, I see where Joey's coming from and her eyes of being like, our love can do anything. Because no one had bat and had bat an eye at their already PDA actions, where I would assume in the 1967s with these racial tensions, someone would have said anything. So I think for them to recognize that they're gonna have all these hardships, and then when we the only times we see them out in the world, they're experiencing no hardships. Right. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like yes, we can say these things, but this m- film is automatically contradicting that by not showing it, and they go out in public. M- a multitude of times. Yeah. And also, like, what Sidney Poitier kind of is a hypocrite because he's willing to, like, address Spencer Tracy and talk to them about this. But when it comes to his own parents, he's like, you know, he yeah, won't, say he won't tell nothing. And, like, I get it because, like, at the end, so the end of the movie is the climax. We have the father becoming the white savior and being like, I bless this union. Whereas Sidney Poitier's dad is still very reserved. And then he's like, well, we'll work, we'll work on you. We got you. And I thought it was super, I don't know. I thought it was very odd that like they wanted to talk about all like all these injustices that obviously they would be facing and obviously would be happening. And then in the instances where they could actually show them happening, they don't. It's like the writers didn't understand. It's like these are war. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it was written at a time where I don't think they truly understood because no one truly understood. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're faced with trying to address something that was new and fresh and like, it's hard. I mean, how do you address something that you really, you know, it's coming, you know, like the outcomes about to like happen, but you just don't know what's going to happen. No, of course you don't know what's going to happen. But like, I thought the way that this movie, this movie talks about race, but it also tackles race in a way that is so odd to me. Only, only in... <laughs> And it's not odd because it is a very poignant movie and it is very good. And Sidney Poitier does an incredible job as this protagonist. But like there's a scene where she goes out to dinner with, well, they go out to drinks with their friends and they're in like a tiki bar with 
a traditional like with women of Asian descent dressed in these traditional costumes. And it's like for so like they're surrounding themselves with all this like fake culture and the way that they're talking about this interracial relationship seems so fake. And I am obviously white. Like I grew up in the early 2000s. Like I can only know these things from what like I read and what I see and like the experiences my friends tell me that they have. But like I just it just felt like they were like, I don't know, it felt so white. And then they just use this like race as like, I don't know, as like, you do you not do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, I do. Like, so for me, a little bit of background about myself. I grew up in Lynn, Massachusetts. Lynn, Massachusetts is very diversified. Lynn, Massachusetts is a melting pot of different cultures because it's poverty. Not all poverty, but majority of the city is poverty. So you grow up dealing with people of different races and colors. So for me, my aunts were, were black. They weren't my real aunts, but they were my aunts. There was Fran and Evie. And I watched them deal with racial discrimination. I watched them deal with stuff that, like, as a child, really scarred me a little bit because I wasn't used to them being treated badly until we went out in public like when we went to canby lake once we went there we were having a family outing you know people there actually called my aunt a nigger and i went what you know because i wasn't used to that i wasn't used to the discrimination because we we were a tight-knit group no one would ever say something like that to her when we were together but then we went out of our our comfort zones people would say stuff and that kind of that kind of threw me off and i feel a little bit in this movie they're trying to they're all thrown out of their comfort zone Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's a hor- horrific experience for your aunt. Yeah. But absolutely. Who was beautiful, by the way. <laughs> but like, but then it just, the movie is so, to me, like, it doesn't hammer in that point because everyone is just having these speculative conversations. Yeah. And when they're put into situations where they could actually have an experience and say something, they don't. And I think it comes down to Joey, who, beautiful, sweet, but is so, like, is there a thought in her head? She's very naive. She's so naive, so naive, and he's like this accomplished doctor, and she's meeting him while he's speaking at the university, but she is, like, you can have this optimism about the world and, like, this optimism about love, but you can still have, like, I don't know, practicality, which she did not, and it seemed so bizarre because everyone else did. Not saying that an interracial relationship isn't practical, but everyone was like, oh, these are the things that are going to happen. At one point, Sidney Poitier and her father are talking about them having kids. And he's like, well, we're obviously going to have kids. What's a marriage without kids? And he's like, well, what's life going to be like for your kids? And he's like, honestly, it's probably going to be tough. I grew up like discriminated against. Joey thinks they're going to become president. We didn't get a black, like a black president until 20, like what, 12? 12, yeah. I almost said 2010. I do not know the next four years. But like, so it's so crazy that in like, it's not a crazy notion, but it's crazy like to not understand people. Like you want to talk about all these hardships and like, yeah, you're going to face these hardships. You're not even thinking of the hardships because you're like, love will solve it all. Yeah. And it doesn't. (laughs) And it doesn't. And they play that one clip, that one song, like throughout the movie. It's like, love a little, take a little. Gotta live a little. Yeah. Laugh a little. Learn to love a little. That one. That's the story of love. That's the story of love. And like, yes, that is the story of love. But you're not the only hardship you're showing is like the rejection of your family, which is tough, obviously. But there would be so much more like and then you even see like so then it goes. I think it really what I like about this movie is like it boils down like white liberalism like really well to the point where like her dad is like this very outspoken, like liberal man. So is her mom. And they support everything. And they've like 
tried to raise her ra- like raise her colorblind and like just like not seeing race as the first thing right yeah. but then you see them automatically falter when she brings someone home there's a scene where he goes to get ice cream and he backs into a car and ruins a black man's car and then like flips out and is like well if only 12% of the population is black and i'm seeing so many black people today it's like that's not that's not being that's not be practicing what you preach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, no, it reminds me of, all right, so I love when I hear people talk about, like, you know, oh, that person deserves to be in prison, that the prison's this, the prison's that, prison that. Then their family member goes to prison. And then it's a whole different ballgame. They're like, oh, no, the prisons are bad. You know, that's what this is. You know, it's it like, is. It's like, oh, I love black people until one wants to marry my daughter. And you know? <laughs> Exactly. And, it's, and I feel like there's so much of that, like, fake, I'll use the word, like, liberalism, but, like, in the same term, you could use, like, wokeness. It's like this... Fake, this fakeness that surrounds people, it's like, oh, I will say X, Y, and Z because it will make me look good, but I don't practice what I preach. Yeah. And I thought having the priest, who was, first of all, hilarious, he was my favorite character of the whole movie, bring that straight to her father's like face, yeah. I thought that was the most integral part because it's if this is all about acceptance right, and overcoming white supremacy and white acceptance, it's not though. It's about people cu- overcoming their own like prejudices, and it's it's I don't know. And it's so interesting because we see Catherine Hepburn, so we see her with Hillary, and I thought this was so insane. So we see her in the house automatically being like, no, no, I I want my daughter to be happy, but no. And then you see Hillary come in acting like a crazy, like acting very racist towards Sydney Poitier's character, and Catherine Hepburn rightfully showing her out and firing her. Which is what you would expect, but it felt so contradictory, like every like and performative, like everything else in this movie did, where it's like, okay, you'll fire someone for speaking out against your family, but you're still actively this happened like kind of in the middle of the movie, you're still actively trying to stop this union. Right. And it's like what matters more to you, like familial bonds or like public persona and like perception. Yeah. It's like when at the beginning of the movie they bump into the the, the neighborhood like gossip. Um, yeah. And Later on, Catherine Hepburn shows up. She's like, oh, I, I bumped into her, too. And she said, you have the surprise for me. But she didn't want to tell me, you know. And it was kind of like, you know, one of those where the neighbor is kind of like, you know, giving a jab at her. Like, oh, I got something. You Guess what I know and you don't know. And when you find out, you're going to be so upset, you know. And it kind of, like, made me laugh because there's always that, that one person that wants to get in your business, know your yeah. business. Well, like, spread your business out there. You know, and this that's what I felt with this lady. She was like one of those people that, you know, would like be on the phone, like telling everybody, guess what? She dates a black, you know. But like at the same point, then this movie is hypocritical. I mean, it's it's portrayal and treatment of black women is very abysmal. But then you look at you have the second hand to Tilly. I forget her name. She's beautiful. She's like gorgeous. I don't know. That's her whole thing is that she's beautiful. But she's like this beautiful woman that's helping that's helping out. But she's able to go off with the white delivery man and do all this like that. Where's the line? What's the difference? I found this. I don't know. It felt like uh, I don't know. Yeah, I felt it was one part I thought was weird when they introduced her. Like Sydney Poitier is like, who's that? You like he gets all excited. Well, she's beautiful. Yeah, but like it just made me laugh because I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. You like you're trying to make this guy like be faithful to this woman and then. This girl walks in automatically. He's got like the googly eyes for this woman, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" I mean, that that made no sense to me. I so was like, to "She me, was beautiful. She was beautiful." But to me, the part the the only reason why it made sense to me was because when we see the father and Catherine Hepburn at the ice cream shop later, 
he's also ogling the ice cream girl. So are we saying that all men in relationships are going to have wandering eyes and this is something that men do? Because that's <laughs> disgusting and that's yeah. not what all men do. Yes, it is a trope and yes, it is a practice and yes, m the majority of people do it and I'm not saying that they don't, but it's also like, okay, why are you trying to also make this point if this is a point you're trying to make? If not, you're just writing your men to be dogs. Yeah regardless of race which is cool that's the most colorblind thing about this movie yeah. well the movie we just did the 1967 animation one basically showed how like people at that time period viewed women oh uh, i mean yeah. that movie yeah so it, it's 1967 everyone hates women we get it but at the same point it's like and, and I, what i kept thinking of too was when we covered night of the living dead yeah. and we look at the character of barbara yeah. and barbara to me was just like Joey, not a thought in her head. Yeah. Like at least in this one, Joey like walks around and moves, but and whereas Barbara's like catatonic. But it's like, is this was this what the ideal woman was back then? This like very sub. I mean, it was. It was a subdued, quiet woman who would who had an airhead. Like I just it frustrated me. That's yeah. all. I thought like for me, I thought Joey was just like a typical rich white girl who was told. You, it's okay to be friends with a person of color and, blah, 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 and had like this thing by her parents embedded in her head but she was so sheltered and naive that she never actually had to deal with it and then when she got out in the real world she met Pontier's character and fell in love with him so she wasn't aware of what reality was like she was so sheltered i feel like she isn't a yeah okay yes you can believe in love at first sight obviously people do but a 10-day courtship and yeah. you're getting married that felt like some Hallmark movie Disney bullshit. Yeah. Like, and for him to be so, this is another way the movie contradicted itself. He's so methodical, right? And he's so thought out and he's so smart. But he's like, yeah, knowing someone for 10 days. He had already had a marriage. And you're going to tell me someone you meet for 10 days is like the love of your life? Like, I don't, I don't know. It just, certain aspects didn't make sense. And maybe I'm harping on the aspects and not looking at the movie as a whole. But like when you break down a movie into parts... It's a sum of its whole. Yeah. But I've also met people that are so desperate to be in love that they fall in love with everybody. Like, But I see that for Joey. I yeah. don't see that for Sidney Poitier. No, because he, he, he's a respected doctor. He's gone through so much stuff in his life. He's been in a marriage. He's, I, I mean, so for him to be like, yeah, I agree. I was kind of like, what? What are you talking about? What you're, are you talking you're, about? You're an educated man that, like, knows that stuff like this is, you know, happened. And then... Not to mention, at that time period, it's not just, like, this craziness of falling in love in, like, 10 days. It's a craziness of, like, all right, you know you're getting into something when you're dating a white woman at that time. And now you're adding, like, all this other fuel to the fire for 10-day love. For 10-day love. Yeah. And at the same point, a part that I thought they glossed over so much that I thought should have hung harder was the fact that his wife and child died, yeah. like, in a horrific accident. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're just... So maybe he's grieving. We don't know the time period of this. Yeah. And if he is grieving, that makes his parents' reservations, they make more sense. Sound, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it was, I don't know. The movie, it is a great movie. It's The acting is great. It is a great movie. For that time period. For like, that time, exactly. So, like, that's the thing with, the reason why I'm saying this, because, like, I wanted to do this because of the time period. When people are like, oh, well, like, they made a Bernie Mac version of that. I didn't like the Bernie Mac version. I didn't. I'm sorry. I just. It's not it was, good. It's, it's, a, not it's good. just bad writing. Right. This movie, for that time period, won, won an Oscar. Best Actress, Hepburn. And Best Original Screenplay, I think, too. Yeah, Best Original Screenplay. Because it dealt with the situation that was not being dealt with at the time. And that was real. And they didn't do a great job. No, they didn't. But 
if you they didn't really know what they were working with because they didn't know what how to deal with they they themselves I don't think knew how to deal with the situation that they were writing about. Absolutely, yeah. of course. I mean, how how could they? They're yeah. a bunch of white men in Hollywood, right? And I think what's super interesting is Loving Virginia. I think was supposed to have happened. I think they mention it very off the cusp, but Loving versus Virginia trial had happened maybe six months prior. Yeah. So interracial relationships had just become legal. You're going to see so much more fallout. California, yes, it's liberal. Yes, it's different. But you're still going to find areas of fallout. Like oh, it's yeah. And to me, to have them frolicking in the airport, at the restaurant, like not saying that they should have been discriminated against, but you would have seen. Yeah. You would have seen more. Yeah, I agree. Even today, a lot of people now, because there's been a lot of racial tensions in the last couple of years and everything, People are like, I can't believe this. I can. I can. <laughs> I can. Because I witnessed it firsthand. And like this is why I, I like this movie because like this movie was one of the first movies to introduce this type of prejudice and dealt with it. And like they didn't deal with it properly, I don't think. They could have done better. But like for nineteen sixty seven they did the best they could. Like and this is why like the Bernie Mac movie when it came out, I was like, it's not gonna do the same thing as guess who's coming to dinner 1967 because they it, they can't possibly be dealing with the same situations as 1967 but they are i mean yeah. well and guess who's coming to dinner it's drastically different because you have ashton kutcher coming home to bernie mac yeah so it's already reversed and there's no such thing as reverse racism no. it's no. it's just bullshit it's, it's just like, racism. <laughs> it's not it's just it doesn't it doesn't exist it doesn't exist. And it was four laughs. I get that. Ashton Kutcher was trying to make that money. I get that. Bernie Mac is funny in his own right, not in that movie. But again, they're making another version of this with Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Like, because the story is still a story that's happening today, which is heartbreaking to say. Yeah. But I don't, it just feels like they're not getting another perspective. Right. And I think, all right, what's the, the show, The Neighborhood, where the white yeah. guy moves in? And, and then I, I just think they're beating something to death with, this type of like comedy because it's not funny it's not funny it's not it's racism it, whether you look at it or not like if, if i made a story about a, a black guy moving in a white neighborhood and deal with like the jeffersons back at that time period it's racist like it's racism bottom line like it's not funny it like if you make fun of someone because of their color or it's just not funny. yeah i've never seen the neighborhood so i yeah. can't speak to that show but it's not it, yeah this it's not supposed to be a funny topic, but it's, I mean, one thing I liked about this movie is that it was a clear influence for Jordan Peele's Get Out. Yeah. And I see that wholeheartedly. I think that movie made better comments on race yeah. than this one did. Yeah. I mean, this movie has a very white savior ending yeah. where it's like, all we need is the white man's blessing. Get I, off it. I like, think with that character, Spencer Tracy, I think it was when he saw the parent of uh, Portier being like racist against his daughter, I think that opened his eyes to his own ignorance. But it, I mean, they weren't even being like, I wouldn't view them as being like racist to his daughter. I think the point that they were trying to make was like, is this worth it? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you are so accomplished. Is this worth it? Right. Because I think in the context of that time period, it absolutely would not be. No. He's already so established overseas in Europe that why would you risk this like why would you risk it, it just didn't make sense right. on a 10-day relationship yeah and also like if you think about it at that time period this is a black man in the 60s who has risen to the top of his game and his parents came from nothing to work him to get into this situation so yes they're going to be like are you seriously going to throw uh, the, possibly throw all this away that you've worked so hard for for something that happened in 10 days for something that happened in 10 days it is 
yeah i mean and who i mean and then she joey so dumb joey is like oh i'm gonna fly to geneva and then get married there and then you're gonna elope with him anyways come on like it doesn't make sense to me and then they even talk about elopements they're like well elopements is a lie and we don't want to lie okay but you're basically eloping even though you're just briefly like one day the only time i agreed with her dad was like he's like i got one day to make this decision yeah that was kind of fucked yeah yeah i mean that's the thing i mean my daughter came to me and said look i'm getting married and i need you to bless this but you have like only four hours to make the decision i'd be like what are you talking about i haven't even met this person I don't even know this person. I mean, I have to make my decision off four hours of an introduction. How do I know this person's not a serial killer? How do <laughs> How do you know anything? I mean, granted, her dad did a background check on this guy. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you can't make a decision in four hours. But the movie, again, contradicts itself where it's saying we're trying to do the right thing by having our parents briefly meet my boyfriend. And then we're still eloping. It's like the movie saying the characters are saying one thing, but then the movie saying another. And to me, it just comes off as messy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sidney Poitier, like I said, he's one of my favorite actors. Oh, he's fantastic. Um, like, I love Sidney Poitier. Even, like, when he got older and he did sneakers and he did his older stuff, he's such a good actor. I mean, he's so diverse. I mean, he can be put in any situation. Like, in this movie, I thought he did a great job with his character and the way his character came off. It was just, like you said, a lot of sloppy writing because I feel like you had a bunch of white people in a, in a room going, let's write something about this whole situation. And, that we know nothing and, about. Yeah, and but it was... A good film if you watch it because it, it does deal with the situation at that time period. It, it, it There's a lot of loopholes in it. There's a lot of stuff that you go, all right, it could have been done better. It could have been 100% better. And Catherine Hepburn won her Best Supporting Actress in it because she did play a great role. And what I liked the most about Catherine Hepburn's character as a mom was that it was so realistic to me as a mom character. She was like hesitant at first, but she was like, you know what, my... And it's a trend that we see in movies often with moms and daughters is like my daughter's happiness is my happiness. So I'm going to support her. I'm going to support my daughter over my husband. I'm going to choose my kid over my spouse. And I love that because kids deserve to be supported and protected. But when they're acting like Joey with not a thought in her head, it's like maybe you should really think about this. Yeah, she definitely needed education. And it has nothing to do with Sidney Poitier's character. It was just that he was so grounded and she was so up in the cloud that it was like, what? But like you could tell that they had genuine like love and affection for each other, which is all you need. And I do agree. Sidney Poitier, incredible trailblazer, incredibly successful actor, incredibly diverse. And he is amazing. Yeah. And I like the fact like well, after they had the first conversation, he walks in and says, "I want to talk to both of you." Yeah. He said, "Look, she's got her head in the clouds. She's falling in love, and this is the reality." He's like, "This is how it is. This is how it's going to be." And he's like, "You know, Spencer Tracy's like, are you giving me an ultimatum?" He's like, "No." He's like, "I'm just letting you know, this is how it is." And he's like, "You have the right to say goodbye." And he's like, if, "You know, it's up to you." Right. But then at the same point, he hides that conversation from Joey. So it's like, why are we either protecting Joey or putting her on this pedestal where she has to be kept in the dark? Because being kept in the dark leads to ignorance. So are yeah. we saying that she is this like liberal, enlightened person or is she just sheltered? Like the movie time and time again contradicts itself. Yeah, I just think she was a sheltered idiot. Sheltered idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joey, I thought you were sorry. I just think that she was a pampered, selfish, spoiled person that wanted what she wants. And it's going to be this way. It's going to be that way. This is how it is. This is what I'm going to get. This is how it is. And I feel that Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn's parenting caused that. They did. But in, in a sense, it's not wrong. You should raise your kids to be inclusive and open yeah. and understanding and empathetic and all those things. 
but not sheltered. But not sheltered. And that, that's my point. She was sheltered. She was because by the contradictory writing of this film, these parents thought that they could say one thing and then act a different way. I mean, to the point where they still had like a black maid. We're liberal. We love black people, but... Tilly, make us sandwiches. Like, what? Yeah. You know, I I agree with that. You know, and then, you know, to get mad at Tilly because she's like, well, look, you know, he's living above his station when you kept her at her station. And maybe that's why she thinks that. That's called the evils of white supremacy, which are rooted in capitalism. Like, there's so so much that this movie could have dealt with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was... I mean, Sydney Poitier is amazing. Yeah, I thought it was one of those movies where you watch it and you go, I see what they're trying to get at. I see where it's going. It had a lot of good qualities, a lot of good points, a lot of good acting. The acting was great in it. Acting's fantastic in it. You know, just like you said, it's a bunch of white people in a room trying to talk about a a situation they didn't know about. Which is insane because you had Sydney Poitier right there. Yeah. Bring him in. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, I think, you know, they probably should have had him like maybe like look at the script. (laughs) Yeah, or ask him like, hey, look, you know. Say this happened. What would you do? You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, get the point of the black guy. Just like get any other point. Yeah. But it was good. And I thought another like kind of interesting part I thought was when he was eating the ice cream and he's like, you don't remember the ice cream I want? And then like she like lists all the ice creams and he tries it. And he's like, hmm, I don't like this. And then he tries it again. And he's like, oh, I like this. And I thought that was kind of reminiscent of the conversations that he's having with like, no, I completely reject this. Thinking about it, processing it, tasting it, digesting it, and then being like going back for more and then being like, you know what? Actually, this is for me, which is what we see at the end, which I thought was a nice that we see it first in the car to show. And I think that's supposed to show his character. And then we see it at the end when he's just like reflecting outside. Yeah. So, I mean. I would watch the movie if you're interested. Also, just listen to this podcast because yeah. we're amazing. Yep. And if you get a chance to watch any Sydney Poitier films like Lilies of the Valley or To Serve With Love, To Serve With Love, Sneakers. Raising the Sun, Sneakers, Mr. Tibbs, get a chance to do that because he is phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's like one of the best actors of his generation. Of all time. Like he is fantastic. So I have nothing else to add. How about you? No, I'm all set. Thank you guys for listening and catch us next time. Yeah. So if you get a chance, my book is called Hodgepodge. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. Give it a try. Give it a listen. Give it a whatever read and do whatever you're going to do to support me because I need support. I'm poor. (laughs) (laughs) Help me. I'm poor. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. If you get a chance, buy my book. Get in touch with me and let me know what you think. And if you have any movies you want to give us a a suggestion on, please contact us and let us know because as you've seen, we did the Joseph Skeldron Night one and we'd more than willing to get your feedback. Yeah, just DM us. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're on it all. We are available. Tune in next time to What's Happening.